that they quoted was that if your vision um, does not involve people doing something with you, your vision is too small. And, uh, and, it's, and it's this message that we were working on that we were talking about is God facilitated uh, church to be done in conjunction with one another. He says, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together because um, we need each other. We encourage each other. I, I guarantee you that I have a much better worship service when, when our worship team is leading us than it's just me in the car. You know, I, I do better. I sing louder. I just when it's me in the car, um, the only one I hear is me, and and it doesn't encourage me as much as when I hear all you singing behind me. Now, see what really is going to encourage me more is when all you are singing in front of me someday, because you're up here and you're rushing the altar to sing, you know. But um, praise God, I listened to while I was gone um, this last week. I listened to Pastor Willie's message. Uh, last week on transform, transformation worship, and uh, it was a tremendous message. He did a great job on that, and so if you missed that, it is on the website, yeah. Um, it's on our app too. Um, if you are not, uh, you can go to um, uh, your, uh, whether it's the Google Store or um, uh, Apple Store, whichever one, whatever kind of phone, you can type in, um, it is a church link is you type in that and then it'll download the app and then you it'll ask you to search for a site and you put Bellbrook Community Church and then it'll attach you to our church um, uh, app and then you can access all of our sermons um, really for the last couple years are on there and it's a it's a great little thing you can download them and listen to them online or listen to them while you're driving or whatever and just get a little extra encouragement and there uh, our Facebook where we still are live streaming on Facebook and those services are uh, put on there but the quality yet is not as good audio wise as we would like we're working on that hopefully here soon we're going to be able to have it plugged directly into the sound system so it's not using the ambient mic that it has involved in the camera so we're working on all that. But uh, last week when I was listening to Willie's message, uh, he talked about, uh, he had made a statement during uh, the message just in passing about this, uh, uh, how sometimes our butts get in the way. How many of you remember that that were here last week? Um, today my message is titled, But God. And I have found that God always, everybody say always, Always wants to do more in and through us than He can. God always wants to do more in and through us than He can. The only thing that ever stands in the way of God doing it more in and through us is us. We have these buts. God is saying, I would like you to do this. And you say, but God, but I can't. We have, we're good at excuses. How many of you have ever come up with a lame excuse on why you couldn't do something? Let's just be honest. I mean, you, we're good at coming up with lame excuses on why we can't. Now, I'm, I'm just going to be real with you. As a pastor, I've heard people say, you know, I just... But I couldn't get to church because it was so early. 10.30 on a Sunday. 
is early. Now their work starts at 6 a.m., but 10.30 is early. Now, I'm not here to bash anybody. I'm just saying at some point we have to get the butt out of the way. We need to be willing to do what God places before us so that we can be more productive in life. So that we can see God do all that God wants to do. You know, there's a scripture that says that Jesus was saying, He said, you will do greater things than I. Because I go to the Father, I'm I'm empowering you to do greater things. How many of you have been part of the greater things yet? (laughs) Okay, I don't see many hands. And that's probably accurate. There's, There's unfortunately way too much truth on that. We are not walking in the greater things yet. And the reason we're not is because we have too many excuses. We don't allocate our time properly. We don't spend the time that God wants us in the right areas. So, I want to encourage you today to begin to change your thinking. When we are battling, Scripture says that um, uh, we can't battle ourselves and God at the same time. We can't serve both of us. The Scripture actually is found in Matthew 6.24. Now, I know if you picked up that sheet coming in, you're thinking, Pastor Ralph has gone off the hook here and he has got the whole Bible that we're reading today. I'm not going to give you the whole Bible. We are going to, we're going to quickly move through several Scriptures because I think you need reinforcement. I think you need to found the foundation to understand um, some of the things that I'm sharing. God has empowered you to live and to be different, but you have to think differently. In Matthew 6.24 it says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Now it was speaking specifically here to money, on this situation. But I believe that this Scripture is applicable to, uh, really, we can't serve God and ourselves at the same time. We're either going to do what God wants us to do, or we're going to do what we want. Now, how many knows that what we want normally wins out? You know, let's, just, let's just be real. We typically do what we want. We are a society that likes to custom make things according to our will, our preference. We eat what we want, and if somebody tells us we have to eat something we don't want, there you want to see rebellion kick in? You have someone tell you you have to do something. Now, here's the sad thing. Sometimes we were planning to do something anyways, and someone comes up and tells us we need to do this, and all of a sudden we this, this attitude rises us up in us that how dare you tell me to do that? Well, you were going to do it anyways, right? But because someone told you, now you're going to have an attitude. We need to understand that we cannot serve two masters. We will either serve God or we will serve ourselves, our own personal uh, inclinations, our own fleshly nature. So, in order for us to truly serve God, I believe Scripture reinforces that we need to change how we think 
Romans 12.2 is probably one of the most powerful passages regarding this changing of a, a thought process. And he says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that, you, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And so if we want to change how we think, how we respond to the situations that come our way, if we need to change how we respond to the problems, to the, uh, to the, just to people, we have to allow our thought processes to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And the renewing of our mind only happens as we allow God's Word to reshape things. As we allow God's the things that God wrote down for us through the Scriptures, through men that He inspired throughout the years, um, that we allow these truths to become something that not only are things that we casually read, but things that we can apply and listen and let them shape us. See, as a pastor, I, I am equipped to do a lot of things for you. As a matter of fact, Scripture tells me that the, the pastor's job is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. But I have also found out there are a lot of things that I cannot do. I cannot make you a better Christian. I cannot, I, I cannot make you a stronger Christian. I cannot make you an overcomer. I cannot, I cannot break the chains that bind you in your life. I can't do it. Because I can pray, I can want those things for you. I can teach you all the right things. But if you don't want to apply them to your life, what I say is not going to make a difference in your life. If you keep inviting all of these other thought processes into your life, See, Scripture says, we shared this a few weeks ago as we were doing the baby dedication for Hudson, that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. You are special. God made you unique. Now, if you read that verse, and then you go and you do this self-talk about how worthless you are, or how fat you are, or how, um, how ugly you are, and you've got all these things, I can't sing, and I can't, and you start going through this gamut of things that you're throwing at yourself, you've just taken that scripture that says that we were fearfully and wonderfully made, and we've said, God, you were not talking about me in this, you missed the point here. You missed something about who I am. You're telling God He doesn't know what He's talking about. And see, and it's because we've allowed ourselves to be um, transformed by the thinking of this world, not the thinking of God's Word. So you have to make sure that the things that you're aligning your life to are things that will bring life and truth. And those things are found in God's Word. Now I'm going to be the first to tell you when you read God's Word, there are going to be many things that it's going to lead you not to do. You cannot read God's Word and not be confronted with some things that need to change in who you are. Because God does, God will accept you where you're at, but He won't leave you there. How many can praise God for that? I, I thank God that I am better today than I was when I, when I got saved at 16. God didn't leave me in that place. He is, and let me just be honest with you. 
the older I get, the longer I walk with God, I think God pours it on even more. (laughs) There's more expectation. God says, listen, this this isn't about milk. (laughs) This is about me. You need to go deeper, buddy. (laughs) You need to move beyond John 3.16. For God so loved the world. That is a great truth, and we need to hold on to that. But we need to push ourselves a little deeper into the the truths of God's Word so that it will transform us and make us different. But if we keep saying, but God, I'm tired today. But God, I would like to go home and sleep a little longer. When God wakes you up in the morning at four in the morning and says, I'd like you to get up and pray. And we say, but God, i got two more hours before my alarm goes off. We can't hold on to that thought process if we want God to do what He wants. We are bound by our thoughts. I have found that we are bound by our thoughts. We bring our own set of ball and chains with us. Look at um, Mark chapter 7, verses 21 and 22, and they're up here for us. And it says, For from within, say within, Out of the heart of men and women proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting, wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. Now he said those come from where? Our heart. They come from here. And as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So our thought processes are formulated by the things that we allow to be present within us. And if we want to change who we are on the outside, we have to start working about who we are on the inside. You have to start putting good things in there. You have to put God's Word in there because God's Word will accomplish a work in us that this world will never be able to accomplish. Scripture tells us that God's Word will never return void. That means when God's Word is allowed to be implanted in our life, it will bring about seeds of righteousness. It will bring about life and hope. It will begin to do in us things that, that no, it cannot be done anywhere else other than in the very presence of God. If we want to change things, we have to change how we think. If we want to th- change things, we also need to change how we respond to the challenges of God, uh, the challenges that come our way. We must learn to follow everything that is thrown at us with a, but God's word says. <laughs> but with God's word. We can accomplish these things. And so I'd like to just share with you a couple things real quickly that had literally this statement. You're presented with a scenario and God it says, but God, and it goes on with how God wanted to think differently for us. Genesis 50 verse 20 says, you intended harm for me. This is, in, this is about um, Joseph when he was sold into slavery. And it says, but God... <laughs> intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. 
And Samuel, 1 Samuel 23, 14 says, David stayed in the desert strongholds and in the hills of the desert of Ziph. Day after day, Saul searched for him because Saul was trying to kill him. But God did not give David into his hands. See, God protected him. 1 Kings 5, 4 says, But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side and there is no adversary or disaster. See, God is the one who gave rest. Psalm 73, 26 says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. See, we've got these verses throughout the Scripture that continually reinforce that in the very weaknesses of man, there is the strength of God prevailing. Jesus, in Matthew 19, 26, it says, Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. I love verse Romans 5, 8. says, but God demonstrates His own love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It goes on in Romans 6, 23 that says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So with, with man, we have, a, we have a dismal outlook on life. The end is not pleasing is not pleasant but with God there is life with God there is another way to look at how this world will end I love 2 Timothy 2.9 it says for that which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal but God's word is not chained (laughs) see I love that that things can chain up many things but you cannot restrain the word of God God's Word will always accomplish. It will always go out and do something greater. So today, I'd like to give you six promises from God's Word that I believe can help transform your thought process, that can help transform uh, not only how you live, but how you think. Because we all know that if we can stop thinking the way we were, we can start moving in the way God wants. We have to stop the stinking thinking that goes on in our lives. So number one, it is this. God's promises, I will be with you. God says, I will be with you. Several different scriptures reinforce this. Joshua 1.9 says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Isn't that a great promise? (laughs) That God goes with us wherever we go. Now, I'm just going to be honest. There are some places that we go into that God comes to the door and He starts saying, Hey, hey, where where are we going? (laughs) Where are you taking me? (laughs) I remember when we first moved to Sturgis, you know, 21 years ago. um, A long time ago. 21 years ago... um, if you're not familiar with Sturgis, South Dakota, it's home of the largest motorcycle rally in the world. You know, 500,000 plus bikers come into that town for a two-week adventure. And it's an adventure. But we were, several people in the community had promoted this rally as a very family-centered event. <laughs> I mean, 21 years ago they did. So we were naive. And we took our kids downtown to see this motorcycle rally. And we quickly left. (laughs) 
Like when we, when we drove through town, we'd pull, we had a conversion win. We'd pull all the blinds down so that nobody could see the things that were going on in this family-centered event. There was nothing family about it. And we'll just leave it there. You don't need any more pictures there. But, but you have to understand, God is with us, but we have to think about that when we go places. <laughs> that God is with us. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, So be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you, and He will neither fail you nor abandon you. He is not only with you, He goes ahead of you to make sure that where you're going is prepared for your presence. For you to get there. I love that promise. Matthew 28, 20 says, Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. <laughs> be sure of this. I am with you always. <laughs> Even to the end of the age. I am with you always. <laughs> and He wants you to be assured. He wants you to be confident of this. He doesn't leave you. The most famous reminder of this is actually found in Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God's promise is sure that He, he will go with us in the midst of those difficult times in life. So number one is, I will be with you. God's promise is, I will be with you. Also, God promises, I will protect you. Psalm 91, I'm going to read this whole psalm to you today. And then I'm going to tell you a little bit about the protective hand of God. So it says this, and, and you can turn there. I didn't include this because Psalm 91 is a little lengthy here. But I want to give it to you in its entirety, and, and you can turn there in your electronic Bible, or if you have your printed one, that's great as well. It says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence he shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust his truth shall be thy shield and buckler thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night nor from the arrow that flieth by day nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday a thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at that at thy right hand but it shall not come nigh to thee only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thee, thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample underfoot. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life, and I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. 
What a promise. Anytime you are in the midst of a difficult time, think about Psalm 91. Go and read it. Psalm 91 is often referred to as the spiritual 911 call. And, And let me just tell you about the protective hand of God. Last Monday, as I was out visiting several uh, of my patients for hospice, um, many times I will pick a passage of Scripture, and, and all day long I just read that same passage everywhere I go. And last Monday I was reading Psalm 91. Um, now, my wife and I had been gone last weekend. We had drove our, uh, my Jeep to Tennessee. My wife was speaking down there, and so we'd gone all the way down to Tennessee and back. Um, Monday worked all day. Monday evening, I am driving out to Verona uh, to take care of a camper we have out there. And I get most of the way out there. Actually, I get out and I'm on um, Interstate 70. And I start hearing this knocking in the front of my engine, in front of my car. Now, typically, that's not a good sound, right? I pulled over, and I mean, I, lit, I opened the hood. I can't find anything. So I locked the hood, put, go, keep driving, and it's getting worse. But I persevered. It's like, what am I going to do? I can't stop right here. You know, I, I got things to do. You know, I've always got things to do. Um, so I get all the way out there. Tabitha's at her sister's house. I drive, I pull in there. I had to pick something up. She said, what in the world's going on with your car? Like she could hear it, me coming down the road. It's like, I have no idea. So I keep going. I drive over to where our camper is and, and where it's staying. The guy that is holding our camper there um, works at a car dealership. He's a mechanic. So he gets out his jack. He jacks it up. And someone had literally loosened all of the lugs on the front of the car. So one of the lugs was gone, and he said, it was just a miracle you made it here. Because <laughs> he said every single lug was loosened. Um, and so he said, did, did you just have the tires changed recently? I said, no. He said, well, he said, because this can't just happen. He said, you, you don't have all of them go loose. <laughs> and, uh, and I visit people in some pretty, you know, you know, rough areas of town. And he, said, and he said, people steal those lugs, you know. He said, and they, you know, those tires, of course, he said, if they can get your, your tires too. But, uh, um, but the, I had been, God reminded me as I'm going home <laughs> of the protective hand of God. Yes. Psalm 91, you know, he had led me to read that that morning. And then that evening, he showed himself faithful and true to his word. That he will send his angels charge over me. And I'm sure they were running along saying, slow down! <laughs> but he wasn't, you know. I don't know what he said to him, But he protected me. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 says, But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. We have these promises that God will take care of us. That He will protect us. Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. 
Isaiah 41.10 says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. God's Word is so filled with the protective nature of God that when we need a reminder that God is with us, we need to turn to His Word. Because He wants us to be aware that He is present. That He is there for us. Number three, God promises that He will be your strength. He will be your strength. 2 Corinthians 12.10 says, That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and the hardships and the persecutions and in the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God will be our strength. Philippians 4.13 is probably the most famous passage for a reminder of our strength coming from God. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He is that spiritual infusion of power. When we need more, we have to look to God. Now, until I had a camper, I did not realize the different levels of power that were out there. Because I really never had much to do with electrical in our house. Although I understood there was, you know what, 120, 240, that one. 20 just gives you a reminder that 240 holds on and lets you know. Or 220, whatever it is. Well, and then we got a camper and there's 30 amp and there's 50 amp and, and you know, you're getting, it's all these things in there. And, you, and people say, and it's bad if you get hold of them at the wrong time. So, there are times we need more. Now, my camper could run off of 120. But it only ran partially. And it can run most things really off of a 30 amp. But really, if you're going to run full out and run everything in the camper at the same time, you really needed 50 amp. Because that's what it was made for. You were made to run on a, on a higher level of power. But the only way you can do that is to be plugged into the source. Now you can get by on less. <laughs> Actually, you can get by on little. But if you truly want to make a difference in life, you need to be plugged into the main source. So that you are fully empowered to do everything that God places before you. Isaiah 40.31 reminds us of this. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. See, God's presence is there to strengthen us. But in this verse out of Isaiah 40.31, our strength increases as we wait on God. Again, it's plugged into the right source. And the more you wait on Him, the more your power, the more your abilities grow in the kingdom. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. See, I told you, we're going quickly through them. That's why I gave them to you. You can take these home and you can spend the next 
you know, week really digesting these because I think they're going to help you. I think they're going to empower you to live differently. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather uh, glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Anytime we tell God, hey, take it easy, I got this, he says, okay. <laughs> See, God is never going to come in where he's not invited to be present. And he just lets us fall miserably upon our face. Now, we cannot sit back after we've fallen on our face. I know we do it, but we can't say, well, God, why did you let me do that? He said, because you ask. You told me my place. You told me where you wanted me to stay. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. See, God has empowered us to live differently. But we have to apply the, the truths and the strength of God's Word into our lives that we can truly walk and live differently. Number four, he says, I will provide for you. I will provide for you. Now, not that there is only one scripture on provision, but I've only given you one because I believe it really enforces really what God's saying here. But my God shall supply all. Everybody say all. That was weak. Let's, let's have one more all. All. Better. All your needs according to whose riches and glory? His. If it was according to my riches, we're all in trouble. Because my riches aren't going to take you very far. You have to understand that God's provision is not based upon your riches, but His. And He shall supply all your needs. Now, He didn't say once. God did not say once. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. My God is so overwhelmingly gracious that many times He has blessed me with some of my wants in life. I'm thankful for that. I am thankful that He is a good Father and that He knows how to take care of His kids. And, and He has blessed me with things that I, I know I could never deserve or earn. But He has blessed me with them. And I'm, I give Him all the glory for it. But His promise is He's going to take care of our needs. According to His riches and glory. And the rest of it, when we walk closer to God, there is an overflowing of the abundance of God that comes upon us because of our closeness to Him. Get close to the outpouring. You'll notice when it is a downpour, those gutters are meant to carry only a certain amount of water. And then things start running over the edges of them. And see... God's got His channels going out blessing other people, but there's always this overflow for those that are walking close that, man, they, someone's getting blessed and you're walking close and you get blessed because they're getting blessed. Because I believe God's provision flows that way for those who seek Him. Number five. God promises that He will give you peace. I will give you peace. One of the most famous passages on this is Philippians 4-7. And the peace of God, 
which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God will keep, will protect. It will, when that word keep is this word of a, basically creating this protective bubble, bubble around us. The peace of God which passes all understanding protects us, keeps our hearts, our minds. We need to, in the midst of a stressful situation, seek the peace of God. John 14.27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. God gives us peace. Peace He left with us. Now, what did, the whole, what did God... I gave you the answer there. What did Jesus leave when He left? When Jesus died and He said, I, when I go away, I am sending the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a purveyor of peace. He comes to bring peace in our life. When we need peace, we need to pray that the Holy Spirit fill us anew with His peace. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace, which if you understand the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is part of, of the Trinity. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Father, you know, God the Father, they make up the Trinity of the Godhead. He says, My peace I leave with you. Not as the world giveth, I give, give I unto you. See, the world gives to take away. <laughs> when the world gives us something, they're going to want it back. We have the Holy Spirit as long as we're willing to receive Him into our life. As long as we're willing to keep that, that deposit of, of, of Christ that has been left here, it's ours to keep. Isaiah 26.30 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. Again, we have this promise of, of, of God's peace being present, but our minds have to be focused where? On him. <laughs> now, how many of you, if you struggle raising your hand on this, I understand, but how many of you have ever worried about something and your mind was on the worries of the day. <laughs> Is that, does that wear anybody else out? You get exhausted thinking about this situation that you have literally zero control over. <laughs> Do you know most of the problems in life we have zero control over? How many of you have ever worried about the weather? How many of you can change it? <laughs> but we worry. We worry about things that we have no ability to control. But see, God's Word promises that if we will keep our mind focused on Him, that He can keep us in peace. <laughs> he cannot keep us in peace if we're going to focus, if we're going to keep our minds locked into things that He has, that we have no control over. We have to keep directing our thoughts towards Him. Finally, number six, God promises that He will always love you. John 3.16, which I quoted earlier, for God so loved the world 
that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is reinforced in Romans 5.8. But God commanded His love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, God loved us so much that He sent His Son that He commanded His love towards us. God commanded His love to go towards us. To fill us overflowing. To experience His love anew. 1 John 4.16 says, And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. And so we have this continual reinforcement throughout the Word of the promises. And this is six of them. This is not all of them. If we were to focus um, the rest of today, I wouldn't have enough time to talk about the many promises of God that are reinforced throughout the Scriptures. Now, I would love to have an all-day preaching session. I think there's a lot of excitement in that for me. Because um, if, I, if I could, I would love to even go deeper on some of these points to help you understand some of the significance that is found in them. But I pray and I challenge you with this, that you take this sheet of paper home and that you go deeper. Remember, my position is to equip you for the work of ministry. And if you want to be a proficient minister, then you need to be prepared for the things that will come your way. And these verses that I have shared with you today will prepare you to be a more adequate, a more proficient minister in the world that you live in, in the world that you operate in. When you go to work, when your mind is stayed on Him, you're going to be a better person. You're going to be a better you. You're going to be the you that God formed and fashioned you to be. See, when we start changing our thought processes and we start looking at the various things that affect how we live our lives, we start seeing ourselves differently. Now on the back of your sheet of paper, I'd like you to turn it over. And it gives you a statement. And, and this is where I'd like you to think about a personal struggle that you may be experiencing right now. There's a, there should be a pen there in your um, uh, paper, or in your uh, pew there. And uh, write down something that you are struggling with. It may be that God, you feel like you are, need to um, exercise more. Let's do that. And then there are two buts. There's a but I and there's a but God. Now here you have a choice. <laughs> you can focus on the but I. Or you can focus on the but God. And when you have the but God, you're going to say, you're going to fill in, maybe one of the verses today reinforces what God's been telling you that you need to do. And you're going to fill it in. But God says that this is what He will do to enable me to accomplish what, or to overcome what I am struggling with. 
So that's, that's your assignment for this week. Every time one of these things comes up, every time another challenge, every time another disappointment, every time another um, area comes into struggle in your life, I encourage you to write it down and look Instead of filling out the but I that gives you a way to um, wallow in your misery, talk about but God is how God is going to empower you to live differently. How God is going to transform your thought processes. How God is going to help you to think differently about what He is calling you to do. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. There are things that the enemy will throw at you this week. There was this week I was involved in several conversations and they were some of them were getting getting heated. Have you ever been in a heated situ, you know conversation? And man it was right there on the tip of my tongue of what I wanted to say. And then I felt the Holy Spirit prod me. And he said, but God would like you to say this. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, that, that in no way encapsulates what I am thinking right now. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit says, good, because I was hoping we weren't going the same direction. Because he wanted me to think the way he was. And I had a choice right there to make. To respond with what the Holy Spirit was saying, but God wants this to happen, or continue going down my path. And I'll just tell you, this time I, get, I, I chose God's side. And there was no argument. I, I did not get my point, or my opinion, not my point, my opinion across. But there was peace. And sometimes we sacrifice the peace for our opinion. That my opinion wasn't going to change the situation. My opinion had no eternal benefit. It was just my opinion on how this thing should go. So I had to choose. There are some battles that we fight where we need to stand up on the side of God and we need to, to convey those truths of God's Word. And then there are those times where God says, hey, just give me time. I'm working here. You can't see all the things that are going on. Back down and let me do a little bit of work on the sideline. Don't cut off the relationship that you have opportunity to speak into because you think you need to share everything that's on your mind right now. So we need to realize that God has a reason for why He is trying to change how we're thinking and how our thinking should align to the things of God. We have to give time. And it doesn't always come easy. So, that's your assignment this week is to... 
Every time you come upon a situation and you feel this but I coming out that wants to distract you or take you away from accomplishing God's plan, think about how God would respond because He's with you, right? He never leaves you, never forsakes you. He's present. Give Him opportunity to be manifested in your situation this week. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for Your Word and the the reality of who You are and who You want to be daily in our lives. And that is a continually unfolding picture. It is a painting that is still being painted. (laughs) It is this process that is working at bringing us to a place of beauty that man can't fully see yet. All works of arts in their early stages sometimes look a little confusing to the untrained eye. And yet to the artist, there is something about it that they see that makes them so unique and special that when, when they are done, it is truly a work of art. And we know according to your word, that we are in this process of formation that you are making us into this work of art that will be beautiful in the end. And right now, we are beautiful. We are created uniquely and special and marvelous and all those things. But you're not done. You are still developing us. And so today, I pray that each one here would allow you to be fully manifested in their lives, to develop them, to develop us, to develop me (laughs) into who you've called us, me to be. Father, that we will truly be able to be presented without spot or wrinkle in the end. In perfection for who you've called us to be. We just pray your continued blessing on these things. We ask for this in your name. Amen. Praise God. Can you do that with me this week and and focus on the things that God wants to do? We have a prayer. I'd like you to stand with us. Matthew will bring this up. This is our our prayer for our tithes and offerings. Um, It's a corporate prayer. It allows us to participate together. And so I'd just like you to pray with me the uh, uh, passage or the, the prayer, and then we'll have a passage that follows. As I give in today's offering, I resist all thoughts and feelings of anxiety, worry, or fear. I confess that I am a child of God. God knows me and loves me. God knows my smallest needs and my largest needs. God is faithful to watch over me like He watches over the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. I joyfully give today with faith and not with fear. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. 
For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Let the blessing be upon the reading of God's Lord. Amen. Thank you very much, ushers. Want to remind you of a couple of things while the offering or the offering plates are being passed. First off, um, VBS coming up end of the month, right? How many of you have been paying attention to? As soon as you go out the sanctuary doors on the right side, there's a sign-up sheet that needs workers. There's a supply sheet. I know I helped Miss Karen today. She brought in some water. Um, now we've got some hot days. And we've got kids that are going to be here all week long. So there's going to be a lot of water needs. It's, it's in the evening so everybody you know, can come out and, and serve in a part of it. That week, there will be no Wednesday night services because we're going to be serving these kids that whole week. Now this coming Wednesday, there's no services because all of our young people are going to be at camp. So from tweens all the way through teens, they're gone. we've got 24 going to camp tomorrow. Praise God. We were able to, some of you knew we had a little dilemma because we have a 12-passenger van and 24 kids going to camp. And it didn't matter how we, we stacked it, they weren't going to fit. Um, so we were able to rent a 15-passenger van. Uh, so we have that out there right now. So we will have everybody go to camp in two vehicles. Praise God. Um, so uh, just uh, keep this week I'm asking you to pray every single day now our kids are tomorrow they'll have a evening service on Tuesday and Wednesday they had morning they will have morning and evening services so I'm asking you to pray mornings and evenings Tuesday evening on Monday morning and evening Tuesday and Wednesday um, and Thursday yeah, Thursday too. So three days, they have morning and evening services. And then Friday, they get everybody ready and bring them back home. So it's a powerful week. Um, it is going to be a, a transformative week. So pray over them that God would impart to them the reality of who He is in new ways. And so um, keep them in your prayers. Pray for our workers. It's a lot of work. Um, we have a, a lot of great adults going uh, to support our young people, and I'm, I'm very excited about all that. JP and Sherry were unable to be here. J Sherry was supposed to be back yesterday, and um, her flight got canceled, and they did not give her another flight. Um, so they had to find her another flight, which wasn't until this morning. Praise God, she is going to be home and be ready for camp. But um, they weren't going to be able to bring her in until later on if they went with this other airline. So they literally had to switch airlines um, to get her home. But praise God, uh, they got, they're going to be home and they'll be ready here tomorrow morning. The youth are leaving here at 9 a.m. So it's not overly early, but it may be early for some of you. So... So be, read, be praying for our young people as they, get go, they go to camp this week. Be ready for our VBS. Please stop out there, sign up, read about supplies that are needed. 
Christina is down in Kids Church. If you have any questions, see Christina about that, and uh, she can answer some of those questions for you. Um, also, some of you have been asking, we just confirmed, finalized it last night, Sam Maines' funeral service is going to be Tuesday, uh, July 23rd. And so, um, it is uh, coming up uh, uh, not this coming Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. There'll be a, a visitation time at a noon if you're unable to come for the funeral itself. The funeral is going to be at 1. And then we're going to need some of you to help us. We're going to put together um, a luncheon um, for the family after that. And so if uh, just to get your thought processes on that, what's going to be happening. So um, I think I gave you the right date, June 23rd. Yep, Tuesday, July 23rd. July 23rd, so... Yes, it'll be right here. Yep, it is right here. So that's what I'm thinking. If it's different, I'll tell you next week. <laughs> but right now, everything is going to be right here from what I've been told. So praise God. So we've been trying to get all this put together. And so um, keep Elaine in prayers. She's doing good most days. So, um, but she still just needs continual prayer on that as she's dealing with that. So, all right. God bless you. Love on one another.